it seems appropriate for me to tell you the only Latin I know as it relates to what Martin Luther said about what Pastor David has just been talking about. Simul justus et peccato. I am both a saint and a sinner at the same time. Would you like to preach on that? You probably will. On a personal note, you may not know this, but Ruby, who's just passing through middle age now, or middle ages, uh, used to take Pastor David to school. Is that right? Well, to Emmanuel College. Oh, to Emmanuel College. Well, there you go. So that was why... That was a school. That was a school. Perhaps still is, but never mind. Uh, today's theme is something to know for sure. And I'm sure Pastor David will expound that thought very clearly. The Bible readings are from, first of all, Jesus' revelation to the Apostle John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The second reading comes from John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26, and then 43 to 44. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 5, 11 to 13. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words and the other words we've heard read from your scriptures this morning. And we pray you would bless us as we remember them, as we learn them, as we grow in them, as we focus on them right now in this message. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. It really doesn't matter much who win the Melbourne Cup, does it? No, good. I don't even know who's running in it. It matters to some what happens to their mortgage rates on Tuesday. Probably not to too many of you, but perhaps to some of you. But it surely matters to all of us where we'll spend eternity. That's the one that really counts. That is what we focus on today. Today we celebrate All Saints Day which is the 1st of November. And John writes to his congregation here, he says, I'm writing to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. The saints of old faced their deaths with confidence because they knew where they were going. The fires of the stake, and I don't mean... uh, (laughs) I mean the, lit, the, the literal stake, namely the cross usually, and the wild animals of the Colosseum and the swords of the gladiators did not lead them to renounce their faith. One or two did, but mostly people stood steadfast because they knew where they were going. They knew that they had eternal life and they would spend eternity with, with Jesus which, as Paul said, is far better, far better than living on this earth. The sad thing today is that most people uh, live entirely for the present. The glittering lights of the present have captivated most of society. The fascination with Halloween and the evil death culture it promotes is devouring society, while the promise of eternal life is of little interest to most people. How can that be? I made the mistake of going for my walk, my daily walk, at about 6pm on Reformation Day, which today is only called Halloween, of course. But and what I found was a street quite nearby filled with children and parents dressed in symbols of death. Have you noticed that? Symbols of death and evil. How has our once Christian culture descended to such depths? How have so many fallen for for this culture of death? When Jesus came to set us free from this and bring us into a culture of eternal life. As I walked down that nearby street on Reformation evening, I, I, and that, by the way, is the day before All Saints Day. That's why Reformation happened on that day, because it was a protest against the evils that were associated with All Saints Day. And Well, I thought of John chapter 10, verse 10, and you know that verse, I think. The thief, it says, which means the devil, comes only to steal, 
kill and destroy, but I, that is I, Jesus, came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And that's good to me, a good contrast between the two events, Halloween and its evil practices and All Saints Day, which brings the eternal life of Christ to people, which we celebrate. Maybe the problem actually lies with the church. Maybe we haven't lived this abundant life, this eternal life that we've already been given. And it says in the text, we have it. We have it already in Christ. This life of Christ that, that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe we don't even know for sure what this Christian life is or that we are Christians. And we don't know whether we have eternal life. How sad if that's so. How sad for us, but how sad for the unbelieving world, which desperately needs to see the bright light of Christ Uh, the, the bright light of Christ that's shining through us out of the open door of heaven through us who confess Jesus Christ as our Savior and who know that we have eternal life and so can others, so can others. This uncertainty troubled a man who joined my first parish in Auckland so many years ago. He he was an American and he'd previously worked for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And he would ask people, probably more back in America than in New Zealand, he would ask people whether they knew they were saved. Now, I think that's a pretty good question, even though when I was first asked that question, it really threatened me. And I think I was already at seminary and somebody, uh, somebody who joined a Pentecostal church and left the Lutheran church asked me that question. He said, this man said, most people said they didn't know. He would recite Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He was a good Lutheran. He he recited Mark 16, 16 to people. And you know this verse, whoever believes and is baptized, next word, will be saved, will be saved. Then he would ask, do you believe? And they say, oh yes, yes, we believe. We believe in God. And then he'd ask them, are you baptized? Oh, yes, yes, I'm baptized. And then he would say, do you believe you are saved? And they would say, oh, well, I'm not, oh, no, no, I'm not really sure. I hope, I hope so, fingers crossed, I hope so. I want to tell you that saints know they are saved. Saints know they have eternal life because they know the promises of God. And they know that they're saved and they're saints not by anything that they've done, then we'd be in trouble, but entirely by what God has done for them through Jesus Christ and his death 
and his resurrection. We've had a lot of songs about the cross today, and that's where it is. That's where the answer is. It's all been done for us on the cross and in the resurrection. Saints are saints, not because they are so saintly, but because God is so good. Now I want to make my points. The first point is this. Know for sure that you have eternal life now and forever. I write these things to you, says John, to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. To congregations who were facing persecution and false teaching, John writes to give people assurance of salvation. That's the word we often use, assurance of salvation. Through faith in Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man, as he explains in 1 John. God the Father sent his son, he says, to be the atoning sacrifice, the sacrifice that sorts out all our problems and makes us one with God. Jesus opened the door to paradise for all who believe in him, even to the thief on the cross. You know what Jesus says, you know what he said to that thief, You'll be with me in paradise, but what's the word I left out? Today, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And so we can pray with King David and the well-known psalm, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house. He didn't say, I hope I will. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The assurance of salvation, this certainty, is the most wonderful gift that comes with the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. You can all say it with me. Praise the Lord. Good. I feel better now. Know it, it's the second point. Know it for sure by being still and trusting the promises of God. Last week, if you celebrated Reformation Day, you probably uh, focused on Psalm 46 to some degree. And we, you would have heard then, be still and know that I am God. Where's that word again? Know that I am God. And it says, come and see what the Lord has done. In this rushing and distracted world, Christians are those who sit still to know God and to see what God has done. Saints are people who celebrate Sabbath, that means rest, who take time out, who put their tools down to listen to God, to worship God, to learn about God to reflect on God, to gaze at God and what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. You can't see this and take it on the run like we're often doing. Oh, you know, I'll have a, have a quick prayer. We had a bit of a quick prayer this, after, this morning, didn't we? A bit of a quick prayer. But God wants us to spend a bit of time with him, to be still and know God. And I'm not condemning you folks, by the way. I probably held you up. Um, 
I, I took a wrong turn on the way here this morning and so on. So I got here a bit later than I planned to. But Psalm, no wonder Psalm 46 calls us to be still and know, to be still and see. And Psalm 23 says, God makes me lie down in green pastures. In other words, he wants me to be content, to be fulfilled. We don't have to go out eating and carrying on like pork chops all the time. We, like sheep are often eating, but when they lie down, you know they're content. You know they're satisfied. And that's what God wants for us, to get to a point where we can sit down, be still, and just take God in and be totally at peace with God. Be still and know and see how good God is. Third point I want to make is know it for sure by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Over and over, Jesus promised, after three days, I will rise again. And the disciples still didn't get it, but he kept saying it. And he did rise again. And it says he appeared to over 500 people. That's what Paul tells us. Before he raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus made one of the greatest promises in the Bible. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then, do you believe this? Do you believe this? That is the question we can all answer with certainty. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe and I know that I have received the eternal life that you have won for me on the cross and by the resurrection. Jesus knows our doubts, though. He knows that that we often have fears about eternal life, about when we die. And so he keeps promising, and I've just got pulled a few out here. Because I live, you will also live. My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. In another place, whoever believes in me has eternal life. Has it? It's so sure. That's just a few of the promises. So know for sure by the resurrection and by, uh, by being still and trusting the promises of God. And now fourthly, know it for sure by being baptized into Christ. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. Baptism is not something you do for God in order to be saved. It is the very opposite of that. Baptism is something God does for you in order to show to you and bring to you his salvation. You are saved, he's saying in your baptism. I'm saving you. This is my work. 
not saved by anything you do, by being good or being a baby that doesn't cry at your baptism or anything like that, but saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Last time I was here, I baptised a child, I seem to remember. Yeah. Maybe they'll be here at the next service. And even if they uh, don't cry during the service, uh, they won't be saved by being good. They'll only be saved by what Christ has done for them and given to them in their baptism. Paul says, don't you know that you were buried with Christ through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. The baptism is God's commitment to us that our salvation and our eternal life depends on him and what he does for us on the cross and what he does for us when he comes to us in baptism and in communion and, and, so, and in his word. And that gives us a real certainty. It doesn't depend on me, it just depends on him. And that's certain. And open, that opens up to us the joy of living a new life, a born-again life by his spirit. No wonder we sing sometimes the baptism hymn, which goes like this, I am baptised, O oh, blessed day, on which my sins were washed away, when heaven's grace upon me smiled, and I became God's holy child. God's saint, in other words. Now, then I want to talk, the last point is simply what results from this. Know, know it for sure that you're a saint, that you're rescued, forgiven, and go in freedom to show and tell it. This knowing for sure that we have eternal life sets us free to show it and tell it to others. When we are certain in what we, of what we believe, certain that we are saved by grace through faith, we have confidence to live an authentic Christian life and to share our faith with others. When we see ourselves as a member of that new Jerusalem that we read about, that we heard about in the reading this morning, and we're prepared as a bride for her husband, the husband being Jesus, we are the bride. When we're sure of that, our faces become radiant with joy. Now, in my ministry, uh, which is quite long now, it's getting longer every day, um, in my ministry, I have done a lot of weddings. I've done many, many weddings, especially in Perth. And I have never seen a bride that wasn't happy on her wedding day. I've seen some that were crying as they walked down the aisle, but, um, but they were crying because they were so happy. I've seen people crying later because they weren't happy. But on their wedding day, everybody is really happy. And I'm so glad that we've turned the groom around these days so he can watch his bride come down the aisle, if, if they still walk down an aisle anywhere, they, and, and can see the beautiful smile that she has on her face. Don't think anyone ever looks better than on their wedding day. 
So we are this bride beautifully dressed for the husband, for her husband, Jesus, and that gives us a look of radiance, of joy. That wipes away all our tears, he says. Wipes away all our tears and fills us with the sure and certain hope of eternal life. When Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Peter, you're a good reader, by the way. And I thought you might have shouted a bit louder when you read that. Lazarus, come out. He was totally wrapped up in grave clothes. So Lazarus knew that he was totally alive again, but he could scarcely move. He was so bound up in his grave clothes. And what does Jesus do? Jesus said to them, take off his grave clothes and let him go. I love that verse. Take it off and let him go. Set him free. Jesus raises us and sets us free to go and show and tell. And I'll bet there must be so many people in this community who still don't know about Jesus and what he's done for them. So many people for you to show and tell what it means to be a a, a saint in God's family. It says many believed when Jesus did this and Lazarus was set free, many believed. And when they saw what Jesus did for Lazarus and others started to hear about it and they all wanted to, be, to see what was going on. Today you can be sure that you have eternal life. It all depends on what Jesus has done for you and he has done it. And when you know this for sure, you are set free to show and tell it to the world, especially to the people of Paravista, and uh, and to tell it to a world that's still living in this culture of death. You are the life givers in a culture of death. You are the light bringers in a culture of darkness. All glory be to God. All glory be to God. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep our hearts and our minds in Christ for this life and for all eternity. Amen.